All of us, as believers, are called to serve. Every single one of us has been given a commission by our Savior to serve in His kingdom. But what does that mean? How do we go about serving the Savior? Well, we're going to talk about one very important way this morning, something we are doing in this place today, how we serve the Lord through our worship. Zechariah understood that as the Lord gave him a prophetic message that's recorded here in the seventh chapter of Zechariah, where we're going to be reading this morning, beginning with verse 8. And the word of the Lord came again to, to Zechariah. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the alien or the poor. In your hearts, do not think evil of each other. It is very significant and extremely important that we remember the Bible never says that we are saved through what we do. We are saved completely through the sacrifice Jesus Christ made for us on the cross. It's through His grace, through His mercy, that we are saved. We have no other hope. We cannot Make our way into heaven through the things that we do. That's important and significant to understand. However, the Bible also tells us that we are saved to do good works. Those works don't save us, but God indeed does save us so that we can serve Him. Now, knowing that, the Bible challenges each and every one of us as believers to live out our faith. One way we do that is by showing mercy and compassion. In the first part of Zechariah chapter 7, the prophet describes what had become the failed religion of his day. He had received a question from some of the folks, some of the religious leaders of the time period, about the timing of a fast, a religious festival that they were to undertake. The people of Zechariah's day sought to follow the letter of the religious law. And because of that, they essentially were looking for the lowest level of the law that they could fulfill and still be able to say that they had accomplished the fast. Through the prophet, God let them know they were missing the point. They didn't worship God so they could check off the boxes to say, okay, I did that religious service, I did that religious fast, so so I'm done for the week. I've done what I was supposed to do. We worship God because God and God alone is worthy of our worship. We follow God's commands because God is worthy of our obedience. It's the reason that Jesus, when he was asked to name the greatest commandment, this is the way that he responded in Matthew chapter 22. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. Worshiping God 
is about loving God with everything that we are, with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. And when we do that, when we truly worship God because he alone is worthy of our worship, something happens. It leads us to love each other, too. And that's exactly what Zechariah said. In verse 8, And the word of the Lord came again to Zechariah. This is what the Lord Almighty says, Administer true justice, show mercy and compassion to one another. We don't show justice and mercy and compassion to each other so we can check off our box and say that, well, we show justice and mercy and compassion. If that's the way that we approach it, then what's going to happen is we're going to become just like the people of Zacharias day. We're going to look for the lowest level possible, the, the easiest route to the place where we can say that we did it. And eventually we won't do it at all. We'll rationalize ourselves out of following God completely. But that's not why we follow God. It's not why we show justice and mercy and compassion. We live for God because He is God. It's good to know why you do the things that you do. Marsh and I had the wonderful uh, privilege of touring the Midway, the, the extraordinary aircraft carrier. It's just, if you're ever out in San Diego, you need to go and, and see that. It's just an amazing thing. Uh, and just the, the facility itself, the, the ship itself is, is tremendous. But as you go through, they explain to you what people did in each different part of, of the ship and the different jobs that they had and the different things that they were supposed to do. And, and, and I can imagine that, that some of the folks, as they were working through there, as they were serving their country in the ship laundry and, and in the, you know, some of those places where maybe the service wasn't as exciting or as, 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 as thrilling as perhaps they had seen on the poster when they, they decided to serve. They may have asked themselves, why am I doing this? Why, why am I ironing these thousands of clothes every day? Why, why am I even doing all of that? But, but as you toured through the entire ship, you began to see how each little part that each sailor did work together to make that ship as extraordinary as it was. It's good to know why we do the things that we do. Sometimes we may think, you know, I don't really need to be in church today. It's not really going to matter whether I show up or not. Or we may think, well, you know, it, it's not going to matter if I, if I serve this, this one family. I know they need the help, but it's just a drop in the bucket. There's so many people that are hurting, so much poverty in the world. This is really going to change anything. Folks, we need to understand why we do the things that we do. When we come to worship, we don't just sing a few songs and listen to a few words and go home. We worship God. We sing His praises. And I don't sing very well. My voice isn't all that great. But as my voice unites with your voice and your voice unites with someone else's voice and all our voices unite with Christians around the world and we proclaim the name of Jesus, great things happen. 
as we show justice and compassion and mercy through our day, even though it may just be to just the one person that we meet at Walmart that morning. But as we show them mercy and they show mercy to someone else who shows mercy to someone else, God takes that and multiplies it in bountiful, amazing ways that are beyond what we can even begin to fathom. We worship God because He's worthy of our worship. And through our worship, we learn to show compassion and justice and mercy to those around us. Recognizing that God is God opens our eyes to the needs of those around us. Zechariah's prophecy continues with a statement that seems kind of obvious. There in verse 10, Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the alien or the poor. In your hearts, do not think evil of each other. Well, of course we're not supposed to oppress the widow or the orphan or someone who is in some way neglected in life, the stranger or the poor, of course we're not supposed to oppress them, especially if we claim to know God. How could anyone think otherwise? That only makes sense. Well, the next statement's not quite as obvious, but it should be. In your hearts, do not think evil of each other. Okay, there are some folks who rub us the wrong way. There are some folks who just aren't all that nice. But yes, we know what the Lord has taught us, that we are to love our enemies. So, so deep down, we understand, even though sometimes it's difficult, we're not to think evil of each other. We get that. Except that the obvious stuff, the things that should have been so apparent, were exactly what was sliding in the nation of Judah during the time of Zechariah. As their religion became more about just following the rules, just checking off the boxes. Suddenly they weren't really worshiping God anymore. In reality, they were worshiping themselves. They were trying to to show everyone, okay, I did the fast. I followed the rules. I did what I was told I was supposed to do there. I worshipped. Their worship had become not about praising God. Their worship had become about them. And as their worship became about them, the rest of their life became about them. They began to oppress the widows and the orphans and the poor and the stranger, because as they neglected their worship to God, their reason for mercy and compassion and justice began to slide as well. Folks, when our faith gets out of focus, everything else gets out of focus too. You may remember the horrific event back in 1981 when the walkway collapsed at the Kansas City Hilton. In that horrible event, 114 people lost their life. Another 216 were injured. Investigations showed that that collapse happened because of one simple design change that had been made during the construction of that walkway. There 
was a, a series of structural supporting rods that as the construction was going on, there was an easier way to do it, a less expensive way to do it. And that small change in the design led to a cascading series of events that created the greatest structural collapse up to that point in history. The people of Zachariah's day thought the scheduling of this fast wasn't all that big of a deal. And that was exactly the point. They had lost the reason why they were serving God. Why they did the fast in the first place. They'd forgotten the reason why they worshipped. They didn't worship so they could check off the box and say they'd done it. They worshipped. Because God is worthy of worship. So often we come close to making the very same mistake. We forget the point of worship. To praise and glorify the God who has showered His love upon us. And getting that truth out of focus gets everything else out of focus in our life. We start to neglect the justice and mercy and compassion that we're to share with others. We forget the widow and the orphan, the stranger and the poor. Isn't it amazing how much hinges on our worship. We worship God because He is God. Because God loves us, we love each other. If we get that right, everything else falls into place. God, help us worship. Help us as we join together to focus on you. Because God, when we get worship right, everything else comes into focus as well. So God, help us worship. Not so that we can check off the box and say, okay, at 11 o'clock, I worshiped, I've done that. But God, help us worship because you deserve it. Help us to worship because you are worthy of our praise and our devotion. You're worthy of our focus this morning. And God, as we focus upon you, the rest of our life comes into focus as well. We'll show the compassion and justice and mercy that you've called us to show. We'll love each other as you have called us to do. So help us, Heavenly Father, to worship. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.